a few verses in your hearing today. I'm reading from King James Version, and we begin with verse number one. I'm in full promotion today of the critical primaries set forth in the Word of God. Amen. Second Kings chapter 11 and verse 1. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahazi, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, sister of Ahazi, took Joash, the son of Ahazi, stole him from among the king's sons which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. And he was with her hid in the house of the Lord six years, and Athaliah did reign over the land. And I want to read just a couple of words from verse 4. And in the seventh year. Another version says, but in the seventh year. Amen. And all the people said amen. Lord, we pray today for your matchless anointing that transforms every thought, every heart. I pray today, minister to the hearer today. Let your Holy Spirit be resident in this house. We entreat you for your goodness and your kindness to us, Lord. Consider our frail frame and have mercy upon us, Lord. We grope for you, Lord. We need you desperately, Lord. We're undone without you, Lord. So I pray, Lord, manifest yourself through your word and your spirit today. And bless the people. And help us to understand what you are saying. Let us hear it with our own soul. The depths of our spirit, Lord Jesus. Just lift up your hand to the Lord, if you will, in praise and surrender and adoration to God. And just say, you are the matchless name of God. The Bible says he would that all men would lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me just provoke you one more time to clap your hands unto the Lord. He's a good. Amen. And please turn to someone close by before you're seated and just say something kind to them. Perhaps some nice thing.
we are rarely privy to the plight of conquests and kings. So much Old Testament scripture, the eradication of the Amalekites by order of the Lord, though the deed was not complete, the persistent wars of Philistia against Israel, moving ahead in time, Europe's layered conflicts and centuries of bloodshed. Our worldview holds but a narrow scope of regimes which have littered the historical landscape. We are a little removed now today from the mid-1900s and it is showing. The scripture speaks of such times and the people who occupied those times, but Within that, the Bible spares no expense in divulging the reputations of those listed. The scripture holds nothing back, even for God's chosen men and women. While their strengths are heralded, their character flaws are also laid bare for everyone to see. King Saul held promise, but he quickly faded into the abyss of pride. Few ever climb out of that cauldron. David was idle when kings were supposed to go off to war. He was out of place and just that moment alone became his undoing. Solomon was caught in a snare of opulence. Too many treaties for wrong intent. The judges and the prophets came to lead the nation, but sin and disobedience wedged their way in between the Lord and then his commission. In time, the kingdom split and peoples were divided. I'm racing through a couple thousand years of history now. A few of Judah's kings will follow the law of the Lord. Some half-heartedly, but at least there were a few redeemable qualities in them. Most of Israel's monarchs are deviant and vicious in unseemly ways. Our American first world problems. We cannot relate. We have free speech and individual liberties and the common cares and then complaints about the warmth of our food. Reflects our distance from most of humanity for the last several millenniums. We don't really know how good we have it. Because we've never really had it bad. It's hurting us in ways that we can barely compute. So when I read to you about a wicked woman in your text who committed murder just to retain power, the line is easily lost on our modern sensibilities. Nevertheless, the word of God is a sharpened sword. Not just the New Testament, but all of it. Both Testaments. It pierces in ways... No one can measure. It talks to us. It guides us. It is a lamp and a light. It is a standard and a voice. I urge you to read the scripture. Blessed is he that readeth the scripture. And heareth it. 
the best way you can hear it is through your own voice. I'll be the pastor for 30 seconds here. If this is the only time you ever hear the scripture, you are anemic. No wonder why you're struggling. If you're not reading it on Monday and Thursday and Friday evening and That's why we have shallow people who walk in churches and have no relationship with the Lord. And the first time they have a flat tire or a sickness, they wonder where God is. He's where he's always been. If the Lord is ever absent, it doesn't mean he ever walked away. Here's an axiom of truth. If there's ever separations because we left him, he never left us. Mm. All right. That word of God is something that it gets into your system and it's into your mind and your heart. And I know that this book that I hold here deviates from the world, but that's the point, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder, why do you want to know everything that the world has to offer? Why do you want to experience everything that the world has to offer? Here's Jeremiah. Thy words were found. I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. The word of the Lord is precious, everyone. It's precious. Now, we'll denounce that in our community squares and our government. But there's, a, there's hundreds of pictures of, of men huddling in little bunkers with little torn pieces of scripture as they're fighting for their life and the bullets and the debris is flying above their head and the shrap metal is laying in the hearts of their, of their, ne- of their next door or their, their neighbor and their warrior and their soldier, but they're holding on to the scripture. I will tell you, in the time of need, you need the word of God. Don't wait for that moment to come. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. And if we read with an open heart, we will hear it in our spirit. I would venture to say there's too much interference between our minds and the Holy Spirit. All of the media outlets are selling something. They're not relaying some information to you. They're selling fear and doubt and emotions. And you can wrap up your whole life in fear, doubt, and emotions, and it'll keep you from the Word of God. It's keeping a million people from the word of God. I've got to keep his word. And if I keep his word, he'll keep me. Here's Isaiah. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is staying on thee. You have anxiety and doubt and fear and all that stuff. You don't need another pill or another medical, medical supply. You need to get your brain, your mind focused on the Lord. I'm in full promotion today. I'm a salesman. I'm wanting to sell you something you can't even really buy. But it's free. But you've got to take it. You've got to hold it. You've got to embrace it. And you've got to protect it. (laughs) 
And I return to our text, and in that, it's, it's not a pleasant text. It's, a, it's not a scripture that you probably would put on your refrigerator. There's a horror there. It's a time of indifference. Athaliah is a murderer. She has a thirst for power, which is no wonder, seeing that she is the daughter of Jezebel. The matriarchal family, which denounces the order of God, is at play here and has produced a lust for power. It is connected directly to the curse in the garden. Your desire will be for your husband, but he shall rule over you. You'll want to supersede him. Athaliah killed her own grandchildren in order to secure her own throne. Wherever she found those children, at whatever age they were, she put them to death. There were no tender emotions to restrain her, no maternal instinct of family preservation. She was driven by her own lust for power and everyone knew it. The bloodshed of the innocent lay at her feet, caused by her calloused and cold heart. There is a difference, ladies and gentlemen, between the death found in war and that of the shedding of innocent blood. Hers was the latter. The proverb declares it as an abomination of God. Proverbs 6.16. There are six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. I'll pause there. Athaliah's wickedness is repulsive in any culture and time. Thirst for control, power, authority. She will do anything, whatever it takes to destroy anyone for her own sake. She stands at the heap of human, of human cruelty. Like Nero the beast, she will exhaust the catalog of crimes. And I read, when Athalia, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy all the royal family. What should have been natural became unnatural. It's called perversion. Perversions means, it, perversion means to twist. It means to alter from its original course. It's perverted. It's off. It means to distort. It's a misrepresentation by deviancy of the original intent. Motherhood, fatherhood, natural care and concern. All of it lost on Athaliah. And even though she lived and died, she represents the spirit of the times. How can I speak it any clearer? And I've done this for many, many years. Find this church. Build your life around it. Make it your house of prayer. Plant yourself. Establish your coming and your going. The routine is the greatest self-help plan you'll ever give yourself. Hide yourself here. And hide yourself in the word. And hide yourself in prayer. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to repeat that. On so many occasions, I will be the broken record. And you're going to say, well, I've heard that before. I want it so deep into our culture and into our minds that you will know. The first place we go is to the church. The first place we go is to prayer. The first name we call is Jesus. The first number we call is whatever, whatever number we need to get a hold of the saints, not 911. The first, the first reserve in our life is the word of God. The first fallback is to get around the people of God. 
Secularism has killed us. We got to get back to the word of God and the Lord and the church and the word. We're not a better nation without God. Hear me. We're not a better nation without the Lord. And even if the name of Jesus has been espunged from our national platforms, at least there should be a people called by his name, dedicated to his name, not afraid to speak his name. I don't end my prayer in the name of Jesus just to make a point. I'm not ending my prayer in the name of Jesus just to make sure that someone knows who I am. I'm ending it because Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 says, Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And here is this spirit of this age. Athaliah, she would just... For her own power would just slaughter whoever in the way. She would have killed Joash if she would have found him. He did not live because he was special. (laughs) Oh, I hope you're hearing this now. He lived because he could not be found. You've overcomplicated everything. He was... Because he was not. The enemy could not find him. Can the enemy find you? <laughs> He's looking for you. And I'm going to tell you right now, you might think you're equipped, but you're probably not equipped. Some things you ought not fight. Some things you may not stand up against, but there are some places and sometimes in life you just need to hide. No. But Jehoshaphat, she took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and hid him. Because there's one son left, one baby among all of them. That baby didn't meet the same fate as the rest Because Jehoshaphat saved him. She saved her little baby brother. Not by having retaliation. Not by revenge. Not by battle or the fight or some clever means of a skilled warrior. She saved him by hiding him. Because yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are some battles you were not meant to fight. Sometimes you just hide. I'm messing with some of you. I can already feel your spirit. But I'm just going to keep on poking until you get to the word. And I'm in the book today. I don't stand up here and preach some humanistic idea or some fancy turning of phrase. I'm in the book today. She saved him by hiding him. Not every battle that you face in life, you were meant to rise up and fight. Sometimes you just hide. And not only did Jehoshaphat hide Joseph, uh, hide Joash, but she hid him in a place where the wicked could not go and would not go. She hid him in the temple in the house of the Lord. Because outside the house there was certain death. Outside of those walls lay a world of danger and doubt and peril. But inside there was hope and it sustained Joash until he was able to understand the severity of his times. She did not expose him to all the things outside because she knew he can't handle that. And they'll kill him and there's a Thalia that will murder him. So she brought him into the house and said, here's we're going to live for six years. On the seventh year, we're going to present you. 
But not until we have fully inundated you with the law of the Lord. And not until you are so accustomed to the house of God. And not until the temple becomes who you are. And not until the the constitution of your bones is just reverberating with all the worship and all the praise. You're going to get accustomed to the sacrifice and the clapping and the dancing and the worship and the word. And by the time we're done with you, you're going to rise up. And when you come out, you're not going to be like everybody else. Because you were hid in the house. Yes, yes, and I'm in full promotion today of the simplicity of the word of God and of a life of holiness. To be holy is not just the point of any apparel. It means to be set apart. It also means to be unlike. Are you ready for the word? It's reductive. It's not the knowledge of all things. It's to know God. And to be in pursuit of him from whom all blessings flow. Joash did not know about all the world at large around him. Okay, let's, let's do this. I'll give it to you. If the argument is that our children will be shocked by the things of the world when they see it, so be it. Let them be shocked. What's wrong with being shocked? What's wrong with outrage? What, where, did, where, did, where did people go that were appalled by the things that are happening in our world today? I'll tell you why the reason, the reason why the Christian community is no longer shocked is because they are living, many of them are living so close to the things of the world that they're not surprised. They're trying to blend in instead of coming out of them. I want to ask you, when was the last time you were appalled and said, I can't believe it? No, no, but instead, here's what the church is doing. We, we create a little subculture here. We'll operate here, but the moment we go out, we don't want anyone to know who we are. Everybody ought to know who you are. They're not ashamed to say whatever word, so you ought to get into that restaurant. You ought to pray for your food and say, thank you, Jesus. I've got this in front of me. Thank you, Lord, that you brought me out of it. Familiarity has brought a complacency among us. Familiar, familiarity. My mother told, told us when she was a young little girl and, and growing up in the Italian family. And my, my grandmother, Annie, Castro Giovanni Farino. And they, and they had the television and they, there was only three channels on the television and it was one of those shows and it was the first time mom, mama said that, that, that her mother, Annie, they had the television on. It might have been the Ed Sullivan show. I don't, I don't know, but it was something like that. And, and Elvis Presley was going to play live, live by Elvis Presley, but the cameras would not show Elvis from the waist down because it was an outrage about what he was doing with his hips. <laughs> and, and the mothers of America were shocked. They said, oh no. And when they finally showed Elvis Presley, from head to toe, my grandmother turned the television off and there was no remote control. Because there was a day when people used to say, that's inappropriate. When was the last time you said that's inappropriate? I'll tell you why. Because you've not been in the house. You've been out there. You come here to visit. 
You ought to change that. You ought to say, this is where I live. This is what I do. This is how I think. Here's the God I worship. Amen. Come on, there ought to be a rapport from the people of God. We are called out. We are chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. And I and I and I've been around this too long to hear it. Instead of hidden and preserved, there are a host of people who think that exposing their families to the debauchery of the world will help their kids adjust to what they call the real world. Uh, my critics call me isolated, but my spirit calls it insulated. <laughs> You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Take all of that, but you give me Jesus. I may not know everything about what you know, but I know something that you need to know. Preserving my thoughts and my mind. Something different about the house. This house is, it's a different house. Not the same. The commission is to be set apart. The currency is love. The mission from Jesus is the lost. The pursuit is to lift him up. The goal is heaven. The name is above every other name, Jesus. The authority is by the Holy Ghost. The redemption is by the blood. And the place is the house of God. Different place. And you ought to say, I would rather, I'd rather be, I'd rather You say it for yourself, I'd rather, because you have a choice today. I can't say it for you. Here's the NIV, Psalm 8410. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Where? Anywhere else. One day is better here than anywhere else. I'll read it for you again. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be here. Just put me anywhere. I don't care where I'm at. I'd rather be here than anywhere. You got to say it for yourself. I'd rather be here than anywhere. I'd rather be in this house than anywhere. I'll be on the parking lot. I'll be on the, I'll be on the front door. I'll be at the side door. I'll be in the back door. I'll be I'll, anywhere. Listen, I'm in full promotion of the church. I'm planting the seed because I'm fighting a spirit today. And the spirit is, this is just something we do on Sunday. No, no, no. This is who we are. Sunday makes, Sunday is only the set apart day, but it's every day. Come on, who's, who's an everyday apostolic? Who's an everyday Christian? Who's an everyday Pentecostal? Every day. And David makes the comparison. One day, one day, just one day is better than a thousand anywhere. Just one day. Just give me one day. That'll take care of the next three years. Do the math, 365, carry the one. Okay, we're almost there. Just one day is better than a thousand. There are some people that I know that drive four hours to church. One way. Four hours to church because that's the closest church they have. They drive four hours. They worship for one hour. They say hello to everybody about ten minutes, get back in the car, and drive four hours back back home. 
We've got a lot of folks here that drive an hour or plus just to get here. Why? Because a church alive is worth the drive. <laughs> well, I've made that up. I made that up. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> Because one day, you give me one day, that'll be enough for me. I'd like to have two days. If I can have three, that's better. Because I, I, I know I'm going to get something. I got to get there. I got to be in the house. I got to be in the Lord. And then we have to say, I would rather. Listen, you can go anywhere. I would rather be here. I'd rather be in the presence of God. Look, there's a sister, Jehoshaphat. She knew better. She knew that her brother was going to die. She was going to be okay because she posed no threat. But death was awaiting her brother Joash and it was awaiting on the outside. Suffering lived on the outside. Saving lived on the inside. And it could be very well read and explained what King David was writing about when he wrote Psalm 27. Because David had been witness to so much corruption and wickedness, so much trouble, turmoil, the rejection of his own brothers, the disregard from his father. Then there were wars and there was Saul's constant threat against him. David did not fight back against Saul. Of all the enemies that he defeated and the plethora of battles won, to those closest to him, he did not retaliate. But he was still in danger and he wrote Psalm 27 and he said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire or to learn to grow up in his temple. Don't leave it there. Verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. In his pavilion. He's going to hide me in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? He shall set me up on a rock. If I can just get in the house, God is going to hide me because I'm not meant to fight all those battles. Some things, if I get my hand involved and it's like a tar baby, I can never get out. Not every conflict needs to be faced by me. Just hide me, Lord. And don't, don't just conceal me somewhere, but keep me in the house in your presence because there's no place like God's provision. I submit to you, what is his name? Someone tell me what his name is. Somebody tell me what, what is the name of the Lord? What is his name? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and they are saved. I'm watching this happen in, in our school systems, in, 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 in all forms of of media and and every platform that's possible. I'm, I'm, we're watching this happen. Where the exposing of ideas. Sometimes there's an immediate rejection, but it's still exposed. And then there's a retraction. And then we're gonna go a little farther. And then and then there's a little bit of rejection. Little by little, incrementally, we're giving up our purity and innocence. Little by little, we're giving up our time. We're not standing up for anything because we're, we're afraid of the consequences. You ought to go back and read about the early church, what they went through. They had to stand up for things and, and it cost them. Sometimes it cost them entire lives, not just their job. 
When I, when I read the word of the Lord and I read the newspaper or, 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 or a website, I'm realizing, wait a second, I, I'm not being political. I'm being biblical. But they said I was being political. No, what they did was they opened up the book too and they said, whatever's in there, let's fight it. It's a spirit of the age. So I say, if you have a child or a baby, you put yourself in the house. Don't bemoan the location of the church and say, well, we can serve God and fear God and love God wherever we are. That is true. Don't do that. What you're doing is diluting the continuity and the consistency that your family needs. You get in this house and this place. I, listen, I know you can go down to the coffee shop and have a move of God, but when was the last time you did that? I know you can have a Holy Ghost revival in Walmart and Kroger and Meyer, but when's the last time you did that? You might be praying at the grocery store, but it's because the prices are so high. I need you, Lord. Mm-hmm. I know what you're doing, but you're not doing that. No, but you can have all of that. That's fine. But don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But here's what, here's what the writer said. But when you see the day approaching, does anyone feel the day approaching? Come on now, if the day is not approaching, just do, do whatever you want to do. Stay in your pajamas and watch me preach on Sunday. I'm, I'm still going to burn out every Sunday. I'm coming here. I'm going to do the same thing tonight. And we're going to have a Holy Ghost move of God. What do you have to do? You should be back. Listen, maybe I'm a little old fashioned, but I think every time the doors are open, if you can, you get there. And how, how much are you going to expose your families to and then recognize later on what happened to them? I'll tell you what happened to them. We didn't hide them in the temple. We said, they need to know about everything in the world. Do they really need to know all of that? Do you need to know all of that? This is why sometimes we come in, we have to worship the Lord with song and music. Because our minds are not centered on the Lord. It takes a while to get, get this stuff off me. I got to pray clean my mind, Lord, all the thoughts, random thoughts, all the options and choices that are happening in the world. Too many, too much, too many things. We've lost simplicity. I'm going back and Athalia is everywhere. She's, the spirit of her is just ravaging through all of our churches. And I would say, go back to the simplicity of the Bible, the scripture, a prayer, a communion, a Bible reading, a a worship, a song, recognize it. There's too many choices. I, I don't know. I, I, we don't have one here, but if you ever go to Indianapolis and you find a place called the Cheesecake Factory, it's a very, it, it's, you know, they don't really tell you what you're into if you go to the Cheesecake Factory. They have a menu. It looks like a novel. There's 20, 30, 40 pages. It's a horrible place to go. <laughs> You always feel like you've missed out on something. You knew that's not what you should have ordered, but it's a book. It takes a long time to read it, and then the cheesecakes that come out, you, just, you don't know which one to get. You feel like, I wish I would have gotten that. I just walk around when I'm there and look at other people's food. And, How is that working for you? <laughs> Cheesecake Factory and Ikea are the same places. If you've ever been to Ikea? It's like Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never leave. It just... And Tammy brought me to Ikea one time and we, 
I said, oh, I, I, can't, I can't go through this, this any longer. And she said, well, just follow the arrows to lead you to the exit. The next day we came home from... You got too many choices. You got, you got all the stuff. If you're a television watcher, you got a thousand channels and you can burn up your entire life and lose your entire ministry. If you've got a computer, you've got an endless supply of information, ideas. If, if you've got YouTube or TikTok or whatever those things are, if you've got all of that, you can, you can spend your entire existence just watching and vegetating. Then your brain's all corrupt and you can say, well, it's not sinful. Yes, it is sinful because it took you away from the things of God. Because you counted immorality in a different way than God counted it. In fact, the Bible says, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him is sin. I'm going to tell you how to do good. You get in this book right here. You open up your mouth and tell everybody about Jesus. You do what he commissioned. Say, I'm, going, I'm coming to you. I've come to you to teach you the gospel. And you've got to be baptized. That's what he said. Go forth and teach and baptize. Come on, church. We don't need all that the world has to offer, but we need to hide ourselves in the word. Hide ourselves in the book. You ought to clap your hands unto the Lord, all ye people, and you ought to thank God for his word today. I don't always do this, but I do want you to do it. If you will, I want you to turn to someone and say, wait a second, I'd rather be here than anywhere. Come on, just tell them, I'd rather be here. Here's a hard stretch for you. I'd rather hear some of the songs that I don't really connect with but I know they're about the Lord. (laughs) Then hear all the other songs that make me feel good, but hold no praise to God. Mm, I'd, I'd rather go through a little trouble, have some disappointments, and be able to hide myself at the altar. Then have all of the wealth and the means and the pleasures of this world, but have no relationship with Jesus Christ. So you're going to have to say, I'd rather do that. You're going to come to it. I'd rather, oh man, be lonely in a house of hundreds. Then be welcomed. By thousands. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm in you. I'd rather be ignored and have my praise time than be lifted up and have no anointing and no truth. Listen, I hope everybody can shake hands and be friendly and love one another. And we want to do that. This, you, you must do that. But you've got to come to a point and you have to say, I'd rather have no one greet me and be in the house of praise 
and say, Lord, I don't understand everything about my life and I'm going through a major sickness and I'm not healed and they keep praying for me, but nothing happens, but I'd rather just be here, just basking in your presence and loving you and knowing your word. I'd rather have truth. I'd rather have the name. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost. I'd rather have praise in my heart and and a shout on my lips. Come on, somebody say, I'd rather do that. I'd rather, I'd rather. See, because you're going to be pressed by that. And I'm not, I'm not the grown-up sister, but I represent the promotion of hiding yourself in the Lord. Now I'd rather us be ignorant of the things of the world and of all the things of the media than have all knowledge of that and be corrupted. I'm almost there um, reading the imprint that's, that happens in the mind. And the imprint that happens in the mind with information, especially information that's enticing, it comes with natural release of endorphins. It's a, it's a pleasure sensory uh, chemical. And the more that happens, the more addiction that takes place. And until people crave both information and enticing information, this also happens with entertainment. And then, and this is just studied by some of the universities, but, and then when the, when the time comes when a book needs to be opened or a document needs to be read or something that does not hold the same perceived value, it's difficult for the mind to then recalculate on the document or the information and so what it does is it lessens that information or it, or it reduces it in such a way where, where it's not fully experienced or known. The imprint that should have happened doesn't happen because that space has been taken up. Are you with me here? And, 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 and if you don't read the scripture and, and, and you hear a, a sermon or a message or a lesson and you don't know anything about the Bible. It's, it's, it's hard to switch your brain from all the stuff that you've been investing your life in into the word. So what happens in the, the stretch is carnality. People just become carnal. And they'll say, well, I don't even understand that. Well, the reason why we don't understand is because we've invested ourselves in something else. I, I can't help everybody here, but maybe somebody might hear the word and just say, you know what, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to rethink how I'm thinking I'm going to reevaluate what I'm putting in my brain, in my heart, in my life. I'm going to take it just a little moment of my time every day and just read some scripture. Just one chapter. I would just promote one chapter per day. Just, just one. Just, just a couple of Proverbs. Just a, a couple of verses of the Proverbs. Just, it will rearrange your thoughts. And Each day that I, that I read, just, it's just one or two verses of a proverb. It awakens something in my mind that wasn't there before. And what that does for me, it, it does something internal for me. It's, it's not, not so I can share it, but just so I can be saved. Not so I can tell you what I'm reading, but just, just so I can have a relationship and a walk with God. And then I say, aha, that's how he thinks. 
Oh, man, I, I've been way off. That's, that's how he thinks. All of a sudden, by virtue of my lack of, of omniscience and, 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 and omnipresence, I'm, I'm hiding myself in the word. Because the more time I spend here in this book, the less time I have for another book. If all your information comes from Facebook, well, my kids tell me that that means you're 40 years or older. <laughs> if all your information comes from a place like this, you're in dire need of a relationship with God. Amen. I'm, I got to go back to it. We have to promote something. I'm selling you something. The word, the Lord, the spirit, the simplicity of life, the knowledge of God. <laughs> No, I don't need to know everything about the world, but I do know, I need to know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord. We used to talk about church babies. What was a church baby? It was a baby born in the church, raised in the church, only known things about the church. And I'm wondering, where did the Pentecostals go? All the other denominations and all the other religions, they have, they have no fear about talking about that. But we become cowardly. And we think, well, wait a second. We don't want them to be shocked by the world. and We want them to be exposed by everything. And that way they can handle the real world and be in the job market. Let me tell you, you ought not have that thought. You go into that world and you say, I'm letting my light shine. You ought to say, I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. You're kept in the shadow of his wings. You're covered by the shadow of his wings. You're hidden in the Lord. He likes that. He hides even your transgressions from himself. He'll hide your thoughts and your heart inside of his realm. I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want to get too mystical for you. I just, I'm just feeling this, this thing that's happening today. And I, I, I want you to know the world would like to take your family and take your mind and snuff you out for their own power. They would just destroy all of these ideas that we have in the scripture. But we've got to, we've got to just say we're the bride of Christ. We'd rather just be right here in the church and love the Lord. And if your whole life is built around the church, you've lost nothing. You, you've lost nothing. And you can have all this big worldview and, and see all the great, great things. I'm going to tell you, there's people that are dying and they're lost and they're hungry and they're in need in every status and every stratosphere of life. But if you find the Lord, you can, you can get your, can you hear me now? Can you get your family and get yourself invested in the things of God? Something changes in your life. There's peace in that. There's hope in that. There's help in that. How many different cultures you want to talk about? There's all kinds of cultures, but there's only one Lord and there's only one faith and there's only one baptism. And there's a drug culture and the crime culture. And there's a, there's a wealth culture and there's an education culture. and There's all kinds of things, but we got to get back to the word of God. We've got to have simplicity in the word of God. There used to be a time when I was very, very young that preachers would preach about things that were simplistic. But we've convoluted those things. Like heaven. And who can go? And hell. And what that means. Until somebody came along and said, well, there's no hell. 
And someone came along and said, well, I, don't, I think everyone goes to heaven. We, we forgot the word of the Lord. We, we didn't know. We didn't know the word of the Lord. That, that the adulterer and the liar and the fornicator and, shall find their place. We, we skipped over that verse and said, well, that, that can't be true. And then some people said, well, that's, that we can't, we, we got to ignore the Old Testament. But all those other scriptures in the New Testament, what are we going to do with the word of God? Here's what the prophet said. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have no knowledge, I'll reject you. You will be no priest to me. What knowledge? Not world knowledge, not world history, not sports history, not chemistry, not biology, not nuclear physicists, none of that. Not mathematics. It's the knowledge of the word of God. My people are destroyed because they don't know me. Because they don't know me, I have no place for them. We got to get back to knowing him. Come on, we got to get back to knowing him. Somebody make a resolution. Every end of the year, I'm standing here offering Bibles. Let's read Bibles. Here's a Bible. Here's a Bible plan. That happens at the end of December and the first part of January. Bibles. I promoted Bibles. We got 365 bedtime Bible stories for people who don't have a lot of time or would like to have scriptures encapsulated, summarized. That's fine. We've read that through. I love that one. $7 or two for 15 We have large Bibles we sell by the pound. <laughs> gold leaf Bibles. We don't have any of those. Someone scraped all the gold off, but we have what's left. I know. I'll wait till then. Don't wait till then. What are you waiting for? It's August. It's a high time we get the Bibles out again and open up. Say, well, I like to start at the beginning. You can start tomorrow. You can start today. You don't have to wait till January 1. You got to start today. Well, Pastor, I'm going to get my life together. You're never going to get your life together. You got to get in the church and then your life gets together. Wait till I'm a little bit better. You're never going to get better. You only get better with the Lord. I'm in full promotion. Get in the Lord. Get in the church. Get in the faith. Love God. Get devoted. Get consecrated. Committed. Let's stand together now. And with your whole heart and your hands and your mind, your body, and your voice, lift it up to the Lord and make a commitment to God today. Jesus. Jesus. Here I stand, Lord. Ah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. I feel like we should just take a moment now. We... I want to read to you here. Psalm 91. Are you ready? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty.
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under the wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, but you're not going to be there. Here's verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, my habitation. He is where I live. He's, he's where I live. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee. His angels to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him, I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him. I'll show him my salvation. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, Father, I pray right now for all the people that have heard the word today. Let the priority of the church, the house, our relationship with you, let it rise above all the other things. I pray, Lord, don't let the secondaries swallow up the primary. All the things that we could do, we could be places where we, we thought to go. I ask you today keep us centered upon your word I ask you Lord now guide our lives let today be the new day the start of a new time I pray against all the things of the world that would conflict and corrupt our minds and our families Lord we're going to be a light in this world but we cannot be a light Lord if there's nothing shining and burning through us. So I pray let your Holy Spirit take up resonance in our hearts and minds. Let the words that we say, Lord, give us away so that people would know we've been with you. Let our speech betray us that we believe in your grace, in your truth. I don't want it just to be a catchphrase, Lord, but let us be a set-apart people. Hide us, Lord. Bring us into your pavilion, Lord. We call upon your name today. We're running into it today. Jesus' name. Now pray it with me, everyone. Forgive us, Lord, of all the things that corrupt our brains and our minds and our hearts. Forgive us, Lord, of wasted time. Forgive us, Lord, of trying to be like the world and blend in with all the things. Forgive us, Lord. You called us out from this world. 
So I pray, Lord Jesus, have your divine way. You've ordered our steps, Lord, today. You brought us to this moment. So we're giving ourselves to you wholly, without reservation. Our lives will be a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to you, Lord. It's our reasonable service to you, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you just to pray the prayers with me. Whatever comes, whatever comes in your heart that you need to talk to the Lord about. Now is the time. Now is the time.